It's the Adam Crowley Show. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my ball. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. There's a lot going on here in the building. A lot of rumors flying around. Yeah, you can find them on social media. But it's not my place to announce anything as of yet. Really not my place at all. Just poke around a little bit. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Check him out on Twitter at FBomber73. Shirtless Tom behind the glass at ButtonPusher970. The Braves started a 20-year-old pitcher last night. And the outrage isn't there the way that it was when the Pirates put Clay Holmes on the bump after their series against the Colorado Rockies. Here's why. A lot of people are asking, why no outrage? Number one's probably because we're a reactionary society, and if the Pirates had won that start, people would say, okay, they got away with it. I'm sure people in Atlanta were complaining a little bit, but oh well, they got away with it. That changes the level of outrage. No question about it. We're a results-oriented country. We're a results-oriented society. Everything is able to be viewed in real time on social media, but yet we still choose to wait for the outcome. That's where we are. So that's why the outrage wasn't quite the same. There are also some differences here. The two series weren't played in the same place. The prior series. The Pirates played Colorado in Colorado, and the Pirates' biometric numbers suggested that coming out of Colorado, teams had problems. The Braves played the Rockies in Atlanta. The Pirates' pitchers had actually been pitching very well. So when they put Holmes in the rotation, it's stupid because they had been playing well, and ruining the rhythm is a problem. The Braves just got shelled at home. In Colorado. So it's not like they were allowing a young man to go into what has been a good rotation of late. They let a young man give rest to a struggling of late rotation. A little bit different. The Braves are also in the midst of playing 32 games in 32 days. The Pirates had three off days in and around the time of their move. These aren't the same. These are not analogous. These are not things that need to be discussed one after the other, and you don't have to say, well, the Braves did it, so the Pirates, wow! They're off the hook. No! These are different circumstances. A urinal's a toilet. You don't poop in it. You pee in it. Both toilets, different things. Young pitchers pitched for different reasons. I think we're smart enough to understand that. Will Graves will be joining me in 16 minutes to discuss today. Haven't talked to him in a while. Looking forward to that. He's been dealing with some stuff. We'll pat him on the back verbally, and I will send him pictures of my junk later on via my phone. 
The NFL is <sighs> sloppy. Not a lot of forward thinking going on with the National Football League right now. The NFL's contradictory on a lot of stuff. The Ravens have three games in 11 days. How's that for player safety? They played last night. Don't know who won between them and the Colts. It matters not. It's the preseason. Yet there's three of them in 11 days. Every team in the league is going to play on Thursdays. The NFL wants to play an 18-game schedule. They won't eliminate preseason games. And they're anti-marijuana for pain management in any capacity, in fact. So player safety, the NFL don't so much care. Pulling back on the helmet rule? Guess what? Might happen. The NFL, according to reports and people in the know all around the league, will discuss the new helmet rule on Wednesday. The NFL might look weak, I think, in adding rules and backing off them. It does scream to me that they don't know what the hell they're doing. Think about the anthem policy. They come out gung-ho. Players will have to stay in the locker room, and if they kneel or demonstrate, they're going to get in trouble. Suspended. Fined. Okay, just kidding. They pull it back real quick. Now the NFL comes out on the helmet rule, says, it's player safety, got to take care of the players, and now on Wednesday they're going to discuss the rule and whether or not they need to change it. How dumb do you want to look? The shield always gets protected by the owners. The shield couldn't look any more dumb in this circumstance. Here's what Mike Florio had to say, quote, Possibilities include expressly limiting application of the rule to the top, the crown of the helmet. As currently written, the rule applies to any portion of the helmet, front, top, side, anywhere. The rule also could be adjusted, for example, to require forcible helmet contact to exempt incidental helmet contact and or to specifically eliminate from the reach of the rule hits from the side. End quote. Pretty wordy there. But if you're going all in gung-ho and player safety, should intent matter? I say it all the time in the NHL. If a guy gets hit in the head, shoulder, elbow, head-to-head, doesn't matter. I think those players should be reprimanded. I think those players should be suspended because it's contact and it's to the head and we're caring about player safety here. But in the NHL, it's easier to avoid hits than in the NFL. In the NFL, I think intent has to matter. But at the same time, the NFL then contradicts themselves one phrase after the next. Here's what I don't like among all the other things I've already stated, it's also possible that replay review will be made available to serve as a fallback for mistakes made by officials who are trying their best in real time to identify what is and isn't happening. If you make this an an intent thing, if you say he intentionally lowered the crown of his helmet into the body of somebody else, the other player, and then have to go back and review that, It's going to be an absolute disaster. More than the one they already have. The NFL needs to stick with what they're doing, even though I don't like what the league is doing. I've been all over the map on this, but it all makes sense. 
for me, the rule's not going to be called as much as we all think it's going to be called, but it can be called to affect games. Crucial moments of a game, a call would be made this year that wouldn't have been made in years past. I don't like that. Putting it up to review takes that part out of it, but at the same time, you're then trying to judge whether or not there was intent or not, and that is a disgusting gray area. 412-922-2874. I've dubbed today Success Day on the Crowley Show. Is the Pirates season already a success? We'll get to that coming up at 440. What do Pitt, Penn State, and West Virginia need to do to have good seasons in college football? And what do the Steelers need to do in order to keep people off Tomlin's back? Is it that far-fetched to say the Steelers have to win the Super Bowl for Mike Tomlin to get a little credit around here? I don't think it is. The Steelers haven't won the Super Bowl since 2008. They haven't been there since 2010. That's eight years ago. I don't think of it that way. 2010 feels like yesterday. Maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe it's because I'm getting old and I'm destroying my brain due to alcohol consumption. But it doesn't seem like that long ago. But eight years in professional sports is a long, flipping time. And for Steelers fans, it seems doubly long. Because they're used to winning championships. Bill Cowher was contending for championships in the 90s. In the 70s, the Steelers were great. In the 80s, nah, time to time. Steelers won a championship in 2005, 2008. They went in 2010. They've been to numerous AFC championship games, 2001, 2004, 2016. It's been a long time since the Steelers have raised the Lombardi Trophy. Now, it's all relative. In Cleveland, if this is the kind of success they were having, Mike Tomlin would be talked about as a hero. Think about the situation they have in Cincinnati. Marvin Lewis hasn't won a playoff game, yet they were so dismal before they got before he got there that they haven't fired him. Mike Brown's like, nah, you can hang. You're cool. I don't care if you win in the playoffs. Just get there sometimes. And he has, and they've kept him around. But in Pittsburgh, the expectation is, let's win, baby. And all the talent the Steelers have brought in of late would make one believe that they should have gotten further than losing in the AFC Championship game. I've broken it down. Year by year, playoff failure by playoff failure. And to me, injuries are the number one concern. But that's not how history is going to remember this. And I'm not even talking about it from a nuanced point of view, my own point of view. My point of view is Mike Tomlin deserves as much time as he wants. Because I think he's a damn good coach, one of the best in the league. But as far as the public perception is concerned, if he doesn't get there this year, what are the outcries going to be like? Is the Steelers' season defined only by winning a championship? Can it be a success only if they win the Super Bowl? 412-922-2874. For me, no. For me, beat the Patriots. Go to the ship. I think it's a good year. But all y'all out there probably don't. The national media certainly don't. Colin Cowherd crushes Mike Tomlin at every opportunity. Because the Steelers have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger and one of the best offensive lines in the league. The receiving core is stacked. The defense is filled with pedigree. When they don't 
win the Super Bowl, they get crushed. And by they, I mean most of the time, it's Mike Tomlin. Roethlisberger doesn't seem to get any of the blame. The Roonies don't get the blame. Kevin Colbert doesn't get the blame. No, it all falls on Mike Tomlin. But apart from Tomlin, now, looking at the franchise, is it about damn time that they win one? Yeah, sure. But we look at these things in a vacuum. The Eagles won the championship last year with Nick Foles. They're now getting their franchise quarterback back. You don't think they're going to be a contender? The Saints, they surprised last year. But now they have one of the best rosters in the entire league, and I think are a bona fide Super Bowl contender. Atlanta, two years ago, Super Bowl contender. Played it. Led by 25 points. They're for real. Carolina, go back a couple years, 15-1. and one. There are a bunch of teams around the league that could say, if we don't win it this year, we're pissed off. The Vikings, they get Kirk Cousins. They haven't had a quarterback there in a long time. They get Cousins. All of a sudden, they think, okay, we should be a Super Bowl champion. The Green Bay Packers, they think they should be a Super Bowl champion. The Cowboys, far-fetched. But I'm sure their expectation's high. A couple years ago, 13-3. and Last year, disappointment. Now they want to jump back off what they did a couple years ago. The Patriots always are in the conversation. The Chargers think they're in the conversation. The Colts just got Andrew Luck back. There are a lot of teams that think that they can win the Super Bowl. A lot of teams that expect to win the Super Bowl. Does that mean that they're all failures when they don't succeed this year? That's how I look at it. The Steelers should have an easier time winning their conference than they would, of course, winning the Super Bowl because the NFC is such a bear. That I'll say my expectations for them to get there. And I'd be okay with that. If they fall short of that, it is a disappointment. Didn't even mention Jacksonville before. But how do you view it? Do you look at it as they're this talented? If they don't do it, they're a failure. 412-922-2874. Coming up at 440, the Pirates season's already a success. In my book, we'll get to that. But Will Graves joins us next. Haven't talked to him in a while. Missed the guy. Want to pinch his little cheeks. Crowley Show. He's Pittsburgh born and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. Yeah. On 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. The Braves did something that I don't think is all that similar to what the Pirates did yesterday by pitching a young man. Pirates got killed for it with Clay Holmes. I think they're different. Joining me to discuss that and other things is our good buddy, Will Graves. We haven't talked to in a long time. Graves, my energy up immediately, man. How you doing? <laughs> what up, man? I appreciate the nods, bump music. Uh, it's been a up and down summer for me, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good and ready to get back to work, so let's go. So we're up right now. Will Graves feeling good. On the steroids in full in full set. So. so are you doing, rumor has it, you're doing the show while doing jumping jacks? Well, maybe. It's possible. I, I, by the way, shout out to Lamartina for the very well done uh, floss in the cheese teeth. 
Thank you very much, Will. And you look like me. Now I know what I look like when I try to do it to impress my kids, by the way. <laughs> nice. Are your kids into the floss thing? Because I can't Dude, do it kid, to save my life. My nine-year-old, we went to a fit. I was out of town for work in Boston, but I happened to have a cousin getting married this weekend in Boston. It was totally random. It worked out, and uh, he, like every song, he was a dancing machine, and every song he would floss. He's crazy. <laughs> and then he would like do this weird, he was trying to do the worm, and it just didn't if you, if you follow my Instagram, I put, took some video. It was not. He's got some work to do. Did you try it though? Will Graves tried the floss. I, oh no, I absolutely tried the floss, and it's okay. you know nothing like a forty-four year old dad body. I used to be able to dance, by the way. This is a true story. My wife can cop to this. I used to be able to dance. Not anymore. I actually have rhythm. It's the moves that that afterwards the problems ensue. But you looked like, but like watching you do it, like I was like, yes, that's what I look like. I'm positive. Yeah, it so was like you not, sort of like you look. weren't as bad as Tom, but you were like not good. I thought Tom nailed it. Maybe not. Which one is, no, I mean no. Will Graves no. joining us here? Let's yell. I mean, like I said, I feel good. I like I, as I told you a few months ago, or like a couple months, a month ago. Like if I'm ranting on Twitter, I'm feeling good, and if I'm quiet on Twitter, get worried. Well, obviously this morning I kind of. After a sabbatical, doing some uh, Olympic sports over the weekend, I kind of came back in hot. I did notice that the pot, that the Braves, by the way, who are in the middle of a playoff race, like actually in it, started a 20-year-old who had been hit kind of hard in two of his last three minor league starts to give their starters a breather, which is exactly what the Pirates did with the guy that actually had major league experience. But not exactly, Will. This is entirely results-based. This is entirely results-oriented. Yes. Entirely. Uh, for, okay. Uh, for the most part, it's results-oriented. And I acknowledge that at the beginning of the program. That being said, the Pirates had a bunch of off days built in. The Braves are in the midst of 32-32. and 32. So if it made more sense for one team than the other, it made more sense for the Braves to do it. Beyond that, they're coming out of playing a series against Colorado in Atlanta. The Pirates said, well, we're coming out of Colorado and now are all screwed up biometrically. I don't well, I mean, think can, they're the same. We can same. agree, and as I, you know, as I knew, and I sort of love lobbing these grenades. I know you do. It's all touchy. It's really kind of fun. It's, He's I a snowflake. I, I just let him do for a while. But, um, you know, like, I, I understand, like, their reasoning, not great, but if they had said instead, kind of what the Braves did, hey, we're worried about our guys getting tired, like, that was the problem. It was the mess. Right, and it was the way that they delivered it, and they, the Pirates absolutely have a problem sometimes with thinking that they're the smartest guys in the room. The flip side of that is, you know, this was that was what like a week and a half, or a week after they traded for Archer and Kayla, right? Right. So we, I mean, so we can't say, my God, they really care and they're in it, and then when they make this decision a week later, say, oh, they don't care, they're trying to lose. I mean, you can't have it both ways. So well, I, but I believe doesn't, but that doesn't... they made the decision with the best interest, the long term interest of the staff in mind. Well, of course like they the did. Braves made the same thing. Who come off a weekend in which they got they they got swept right at home? They did. So, um, but okay. So you and I agree on like, the Pirates didn't do this because they're not trying to win. They did it in fact because they thought it would help them win. Uh, and I, by the way, the pitching has been pretty good. It was also pretty good leading into that stretch. Correct. Yeah. So maybe right. So maybe there's a correlation. No, it was good leading into the stretch. Oh, damn it. Damn it, Graves. You're picking and choosing. You're picking and choosing, I'm William. Picking and choosing. You're picking and choosing. They were pitching very well going into Colorado, and they've continued to pitch well out of Colorado. I don't think it's because they bumped everyone back, but hey, that might just be me. I mean, but it's possible, correct? It's possible that an extra day of rest built in, in addition to the days off already built in, has helped keep these guys fresh, correct? It's possible. Plead the fifth. 
I will not. I will not fall victim to you, William Graves. I, I mean, I just. I mean, and the thing is, like, I just. And I know, guys, you guys got to have content, right? I mean, so and that was not me. Low hanging fruit. Talk about for anything. a few days, and I get it, and I understand it. But I mean, the Braves. By the way, the Braves are actually in the playoff race. Like they. And everybody's like, oh, well, they're in first place. They're in first place by a game, and if they lose two in a row, they're out of the playoffs entirely. That's how tight that race is for NLEs and the two wildcard spots, okay? So, ostensibly, they have more at stake yesterday than the Pirates did two weeks ago when they started. Clay Holmes, who now apparently said there were Jerry Meals and Barry Bonds <laughs> in terms of, like, evil characters in the history of the Pirates. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, I mean, come on. Like, the, the problem is with the Pirates, the decision to do that was not out of the ordinary. Other teams do it. But the reaction, I thought, was just so over the top that I just kind of had to point out, like, eh. if Holmes goes out and does what he does against the Brewers uh, the, the previous time out, it's, it's a nothing burger. I'm not even talking about it. So people just were, wanted something to complain about, and the Pirates, the way they explained it away, gave them something. They're low-hanging fruit. It's easy to kill them sometimes. And I just, I'm not sticking up for the Pirates. I just want some intellectual uh, consistency on behalf of the Twitterati, which is stupid, because I literally got into a Twitter argument today with a, 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 a woman who called me out for wondering why uh, Simone Biles wore a teal leotard over the weekend. It was because she's a the, the survivor of sexual abuse, and she was doing it as a shout-out to other survivors, and they wanted to know why I wrote about it. So Twitter... Like would I, you, would you have written about Twitter, that if it... When I wasn't feeling good, I, I took a break, and I was like, this is kind of good, like not coming in and hot-taking all the time. And then, like, but I'm feeling good. You know, kids are start school in two days. They're driving me nuts. So I'm like, I'm going to bury myself on my phone for an hour. And you kind of get back into Twitter, and you're like, oh, my God, this was, this was stupid. Twitter well, is sort of stupid. Well, you would not have written about Simone Biles wearing teal if she were white, though. I, I, you know what the weird part is? When that woman initially came at me, I didn't even see the white, the you white people part. I just saw the you people. I assumed she was talking about journalists. Oh. Which is why I went back at her. And then, like, I saw, like, as I sat down to write something else an hour ago, I was like, oh, she said you white people. Well, my, that's, a, no, that's a tripwire, folks. That is a tripwire. I mean, the, I, I mean, I'm, you, you I could know. not be worse. Oh, man. You are a white journalist, man. You are, you are target number one in this country right now, huh? Pretty much. Will Graves Pretty joining much, us from the Associated way, Press. So. Uh, Will, let's let's talk about some more inconsistencies. Uh, sure. The the NFL is just so contradictory on player safety, and it's not breaking any news. But there was an extra addendum, if you will, to that today. Uh, the Ravens are playing three games in eleven days. Every team plays on Thursday. They want to play an eighteen game schedule. They won't eliminate preseason games. They're anti recreational marijuana or medical marijuana, uh, and now. We find out that on Wednesday, tomorrow morning, they're going to have a conference call that might pull back the new helmet rule. Uh, I'm not in love with the helmet rule, not necessarily because of the rule itself, but because it's going to affect games, and we've never seen games affected in that way before. But they're going to pull this back maybe a little bit. But if it was a rule that was created for player safety, when they do wind up pulling it back, wouldn't that mean that they're then stepping on their own toes and contradicting themselves? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. <gasps> Pulling it back, I think they need to do a better job of educating the officials. Because I think the officials, you know how, like, the preseason sort of, to me, looks like what we talk about, like, in the, every day, every year in the NCAA, early in the year, there's what points of emphasis, right, in, ba- in, in basketball specifically, where they call every carry or they call a moving pick or they call a trap, whatever. I mean, like, they, they make it a point of emphasis, and then it la- the games take forever because there's so many fouls, and then it lasts about – you know, 
a month, and then they go back to doing it, calling the games normally, right? I mean, I think this is sort of where the NFL is at. I think the officials are so afraid that they are calling flags on stuff because to cover their butts. I mean, I, I think that they're not even 100% clear on what the rule is. And so if they're not clear, how in the hell do you expect the players to be clear? And I think that is the problem. What do the Steelers need to do this year to keep people off Tomlin's back? They got to win the whole thing? Probably. I mean, they got. I think they have to get to the Super Bowl. I do believe this, and, and I believe that this is the last best chance of Ben's career to get to the Super Bowl. Absolutely, couldn't agree I mean, more. We can with be that. impressed with what James Conner did last weekend, and I, everybody roots for James Conner. But I think you cannot replacing Le'Veon, and you've got guys in that offensive line. Ramon Foster's contracts up. Um, you know, I, the, the guy that line is getting a little bit older. I just think this is their last best chance. But I think that he has to because I'm not sure. Like they'll be good. But I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. You know who I think might be good in like two years? I think the Browns might be good in two years. Yeah. You see Baker with his shirt off? He looks pretty good. He does. I, but, I mean, like, let's pull one out for Coach Todd here, who, as, as everybody that's been around him knew, like, it, he, he's winning hard knocks, right? I mean, he's, like, he's, the, he's the winner in hard knocks, right? Correct. He's got to be. Except for Baker, who took off his shirt and looked really good. Well, I mean, it doesn't really count. I mean, Coach – Coach Todd has – I look more, way more like Coach Todd Ailey than I do Baker. So. <laughs> I do, too. Will Graves from the you, Associated you Press. Do you think they get the Super Bowl? You, I mean, you're, the guy, you're the one in the camp. You're the one, you know, Steelers Nation Radio. I mean, do you think they got to get there or what? I don't think, in my opinion – that they need to get there for me to think Mike Tomlin has done a good job. But I think that the vast majority of the Hoy Polloi think that, yes, they need to win the Super Bowl. And beyond that, the national media, without a question, thinks that they need to win the Super Bowl, which is ridiculous because the national media says this team, this team, this team, this team, this team, this team, and this team are all expected to win the Super Bowl, yet only one of them can. It's odd. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at I mean, this is all just hype, right? I mean, it's just... When you look, when you return 10 of 11 offensive starters on an offense that was third in the league last year in yards and eight points, I mean, I think that you've got a Hall of Fame receiver in the prime of his career. You've got a quarterback that still looks, that is still getting it done. You've got one of the best running backs. You've got the best running back in the league. I mean, I think that's the expectation. Sure. That being said, he's also got, I mean, like, to get people off, like, there's a difference between getting people off his back and, and getting fired. I mean, Mike Tomlin's going to be coaching Steelers pretty much as long as he wants. Yes. Posthumously, so. he'll be co- coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> but see, here, here's the deal. Everyone says the Steelers have all this talent. And they, oh, my God, they absolutely do. But Tom Brady's still walking out there probably in the AFC Championship game. And then the Eagles, they might be there. Or the team that was leading the Patriots by 25 points in the Super Bowl might be there. Or the Saints with a Hall of Fame quarterback might be there. Or the Vikings with one of the best rosters in the league might be there. Like, to say that the Steelers have this right to the championship I mean, they don't. No one does. It's it's a hard road to get there, and yeah, they're just they're not any more talented. I don't think than the teams I just mentioned. They're they're on par. They're not more talented than. Well, those I don't guys. know. I think offensively, they're more talented than any team. Over. Sure, that's okay. Offensively, fine, and defensively, though, maybe the talent is there, but the rest of it. By the way, breaking news: uh, Eli Rogers suspended Week One for. Substance, some sort of substance abuse violation, according to Twitter, and Kevin Colbert. So. Mike Tomlin's just, he's a terrible coach. Distractions abound. <laughs> Eli, by the way, who, like, isn't going to play anyway. So Eli, so Eli is going to be out till week six, regardless, because he's going right. to be on the pup list. 
You know who I hope right. gets suspended for marijuana or something is Josh Dobbs. Yeah, keep him around for four weeks. Well, I mean, I think that that is, I mean, isn't that the most interesting thing about this group? I mean, I, he, you know, I mean, I think everybody's sort of surprised at how good he's done, right? I mean, I think everybody's sort of like, oh, this guy might be able to play a little bit. But look, I mean, he's, he's make, basically earning himself a paycheck somewhere else. I mean, that's what he's doing. Unless, you know, Mason turns his ankle or Landry's, you know, jams his hand on somebody's helmet or something. I mean, I, I think, and, and good for Josh, because that's a tough spot. You know, that's a real tough spot. Can you tell your Ryan Shazier alopecia story, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. So it's late in his rookie season. Uh, they, they had a home game late. I can't remember. It might have been. I can't remember which game it was. I talked to him. But he had his first, like, re- he had been hurt a little bit, obviously. And it was his first. He had a, he had a really good game. And we were sort of, were you with him? Were you standing there? I was there. Okay, yeah. So we're talking. And then, like, I made some sort of joke. Some sort of bald joke, like innocuous bald. I jokes. thought like, Troy um, got tackled by his hair or something. It, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was something like that. And I was like, "Well, that isn't a problem for you." Or like stupid sports writer stuff. And Shay, who is one of literally in the seven years I've been covering the team, like probably with Moats and, and a couple other guys, Darius Hayward Bay, my favorite player to talk to. You know, which sort of, um, and he like very politely. And I had written a Betty and had all piece of, like, earlier in the year. Like, but just in that moment, I absolutely forgot because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to try to be cool here with this NFL football player and make some stupid-ass joke. And um, he was he was polite, as you would expect him to be, because he is he's literally one of the best dudes out there. And he just kind of – and I mean, he, did he not? Was, I mean, I was impressed. If I had said and made that sort of joke to James Harrison, the result would not have been the same. Well, it was kind of along the line. He kind of looked and was like – I've got alopecia. I mean, it's real calm and cool. I mean, but and, and I absolutely... I've got the know. tape somewhere of that. I yeah, do. I, I mean, look, he was cool about it. And, and that happens to everybody. Everybody. I mean, like, I... It was funny. Don't worry I, about yeah, it. It was funny, and I sort of own my stuff. I mean, there's some people that take themselves too seriously. I am not that guy, right? I am not. I mean, what are we doing? We're walking. I'm, I'm walking. I get literally get paid to talk to athletes for a living. You know, I, I had a buddy when I was in Boston over the weekend... One of our Boston sports writers, his wife is one of the most renowned OBGYNs in the world. And huh. she's at a table at dinner with us, and we're talking about stupid sports stuff for like an hour and a half. And I was like, I turned to his wife, like, this has got to be the dumbest thing ever. And she's like, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of what you do. But, yeah, I mean, am I sitting here? Do I sit there when I've got some child's life in my hands? Am I sitting there thinking, man, my husband's getting paid to sit there and scrum with Tom Brady? Like now, yes, it's sort of not not that important. So, well, we make it important. We take ourselves we take ourselves very. Uh, you don't. No, I one no. of the reasons that one of the reasons that we get along so well because you sort of realize that this is all kind of a show, right? I mean, uh, no, no, I take myself very seriously. In fact, I want you to listen to this. Uh, quiet, okay, just just be quiet. You might even want to stop breathing for a second. Serious broadcast. Yeah, this is this is a, yesterday on our program. Here's some serious broadcasting that went down. I need you to listen intently. Are you ready? Great. All right. All right, here we go. And put MFers on the ground. Did you happen to hear the end there? One more time. And put MFers on the ground. <laughs> you hear that? Ground. No, it was a fart. How was that? I missed that. I couldn't, I, you know, your sort of high-pitched voice, uh, you know. You were listening I mean, to play, me. Play one more time. No, one, one more time. time. One more time. Right at the end. Right at the end. 
them put MFers on the ground. <laughs> that's what we have to deal with in studio. Wow, that's Will. the kind of and that's the kind of one that like my daughter would make one of those and immediately say she'd go to the bathroom. So I'm assuming you cut the break immediately. Uh, I did go to the bathroom at that moment, and yes, we had to clean up. Thank you for your time, buddy. This was uh, odd, but what we're used to, and hope we can keep it up, man. Keep fighting that fight. I do. I'll see you. See you, pal. There he goes. Will Graves, Associated Press, one of my favorite people. I like bouncing all over the place with him. He doesn't take things too seriously unless they need to be taken seriously, and he'll write about the serious stuff. He was all over the gymnastics all over. abuse. Yeah. I mean, he was all over that. When we come back, there is the breaking news from the Pittsburgh Steelers about Eli Rogers, and I already know what path a lot of people are going to go down, and I'm going to change the entire tenor of the show as I defend the guy that I was previously not excoriating but ripping a little bit. That is Mike Tomlin. It's the Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Enough. I'm putting these back in my pants. They're mine. This is crazy. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Breaking news. Eli Rogers has been suspended one game by the National Football League for violating the league substance abuse policy. Here's the statement released by Steelers General Manager Kevin Colbert. Quote, we are disappointed that Eli Rogers has been suspended for week one of the regular season as part of the NFL. You know what? It doesn't matter. It's not an interesting statement. It's just the statement that you would put out. So, this doesn't affect the Steelers at all. Because Eli Rogers tore his ACL at the end of last season. He is starting the year on the physically unable to perform list. He was not eligible to come back until week six. So, he's going to be suspended for a game that he would not have otherwise played in. It doesn't affect them at all. It's not even interesting to me. Apart from this, now all the Tomlin bashers going to be coming out the woodwork. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's Tomlin's job to make sure this doesn't happen. He's a player's coach. Too many distractions. Eli Rogers has always kind of been a douchebag. Uh, I heard from an anonymous source. I haven't said this, I don't think, on the air. But I heard this from an anonymous source that his first year with the Steelers, the year that he got hurt the first time, and the Steelers kept him because he was a pretty good slot-type player, and Todd Haley said he's the best player that they had in a slot since he's been there. He actually destroyed a hotel room in Latrobe. Destroyed it. Like, like went rock star on it. Johnny Manziel on that shiz. Wow. All kind of messed up stuff. Now, this is an anonymous source, so it is hearsay. You can slap the allegedly on there. It's a good way to cover. Yeah, but he's gotten into problems and into the doghouse with Mike Tomlin before. Last year, he himself was benched for a game by Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has disciplined this guy. Mike Tomlin's disciplined a lot of players. Like, Eric Blunt, you're not a Steeler, man. You don't got the Steelers mentality? I'll cut your butt. And yeah, he winds up getting the last laugh because he goes to New England and wins the Super Bowl, but... Everyone says Mike Tomlin, he doesn't have the hard line. If LeGarrette Blunt was suspended, he's still a cancer to the team. You cut him, he can't be. He did the right thing there. Mike Tomlin handles these things the way that they should be handled, and you don't know a lot of the time the things that he does. I mean, consider this. Antonio Brown following the divisional round playoff game against Kansas City. You really going to suspend him for the AFC Championship game? When Le'Veon Bell mouths off and says, I need more carries after they get blown out by Jacksonville the first time around, you're going to suspend him? Uh, no. 
Why? Because he's Le'Veon Bell. I tell this story all the time. Bobby Bowden, head coach of Florida State. Good program. Florida Gators that time. Good program. Steve Spurrier, head coach. They played in a bowl game. And before the game, the night before, both teams in the streets get into a brawl. And Bobby Bowden suspends a bunch of players. He doesn't suspend Sebastian Janikowski, who's the best kicker in college football. And when asked why, he says, because he's a damn good kicker. I think the actual response was, have you seen him kick? Have you seen A.B. catch the ball? Have you seen Le'Veon Bell run the football and catch the ball? Some players have different rules. You think if Tom Brady did what Malcolm Butler did, Tom Brady's getting suspended? Duh, for the Super Bowl, duh, duh, duh. No. I don't know what that voice is. Crowman's coming through. Malcolm Butler, he gets suspended. If Ben Roethlisberger destroys a hotel room, no one cares. Eli Rogers, you're in trouble, young man. Finger wag. Sit you down. There are different ways to handle different players. So to lump Eli Rogers in with the rest of them, uh, I wouldn't. And here's the other thing on Eli. The Steelers are going to keep him around on the putt for the next six weeks because why not? You've got no reason not to keep him around. They're not as deep at wide receiver as people want to make them out to be. Their top three is really good after that. It's a question mark. You'd like to have him there as an insurance policy. If Juju gets hurt, then you bring him back six games in, and ipso facto, bingity-bongity, billity-bobbity, boo, you've got him playing in the slot. I mean, Mike Tomlin, bad coach. Mike Tomlin, another distraction. This is not a distraction at all. He's just a guy. When Alamea Te'amu drives down the south side, the streets of the south side running people over, is that a distraction? Yeah, because it's crazy and funny that no one got hurt. It's not funny. People do get hurt. But he's a bottom-of-the-roster guy. Who cares? Who cares? He's suspended. We'll see if he learns from it. If he doesn't, I'm sure Tom will put him back in his place again like he did last year. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. There's so many things going on in my mind right now. Aside, before I get to the Pirates, and we got Lance Lizowski coming up in 10 minutes. I couldn't fall asleep last night till about 3 in the morning because the second I turned the TV off, I was watching Homeland, rewatching, great series. I closed my eyes, and I started to think about the eternity of blackness that death could become. Whoa. I know. That's a deep thought. I know. It's heavy, man. Jeez, it's man. heavy. So I sat there for two hours, sweat pouring off of me as I thought about eternal darkness. Wait a minute. Like, so you're thinking like it ends and like it just goes dark and it's over? Like that's what you were for all of about? It, for all of eternity. Like try to remember before you were born. You can't. That's what we're looking at. And we won't know it, but it's terrifying. Or will you? Just add a little terrifying twist where it's just Adam Crowley floating in blackness going, where am I? Somebody talk to me. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> it's kind of like doing an AM radio show. Oh, no. <laughs> Anybody out there? Can you hear me? <laughs> so my mind's not been right since then. The last time I did I had that thought, and maybe we'll put the Pirates off until Lance, and we'll talk about him a little bit after Lance, too. The last time this happened to me was in 2005, before the Steelers played Super Bowl Forty, I got in one of those big kicks of, none of this matters. We're all just going to die anyway. What's the Super Bowl really mean? And then I, they watched the Super Bowl and it got me out of it. And since then, I've done everything I can to not think about it. And then last night, 
Bam. So is this a thought that comes when the Steelers are about to go to the Super Bowl? Is, that, is this like a premonition? It's a good premonition. It might be a yeah. premonition. Yeah, you might be telling the future here and not even realizing it. Crowley gets black space, something good happens with Steelers. Probably means good things for the Raiders in the black hole. <laughs> it's a color rush. Do you guys ever think about that? Have you ever thought about oh, that? Yeah, yeah. You oh, have. absolutely. Yeah, I've I've tried to ponder as many different situations as I can. Have you that? There's a fear there that you don't get anything else. I'm strangely comfortable with it. So is my wife. I am strangely comfortable with the with it not just stopping. I I don't. It doesn't bother me. I I think I'd be fine with. it. I wouldn't know. So you know how I tried to rationalize it. I love all you guys, but you're all gonna die too. It's like everyone I know is gonna die. Yeah. So they'll all be there. But then it hit me. Death is like a party that everyone knows is happening, but no one knows when it's going to be. No one knows whether it's a costume party. No one knows what to wear. No one knows what the food's going to be. No one knows any of the details. We all just know, okay, there's a party. Except instead of party, it's eternal darkness. Damnation, maybe. You know, if I could like, just take a little tangent off this wonderfully optimistic topic we're doing here. Um, I have a ra- I think it's an irrational fear, but it may be rational that when you do go, that there is a point in time where your body is dead, but you're like still aware of everything going on. And I am kind of scared that I'm going to end up on an autopsy table and I'll be screaming in my, inside my head. No, no. And they're like, like ready to go. Like I, I do think that that could be a possibility sometimes. And that's awful because you got to like the pain works. Everything works except you can't move. And there you are like inside this little jail just got no. You better not get cremated, then. That's and see, that yeah. would hurt. Like how? Yeah. Or like eternal darkness, Tom. You ever thought about this? No, I don't. Have I, you ever really? You've never really no, thought about I'm death. I'm not scared of it because I'm fully confident that I'm going to come back as a ghost. I really believe that. So you're. I'll the, walk the earth and be able to just kind of like float around and, and kind of be like a fly on the wall almost. Everyone's like, like a lot of people say, "Oh man, ghosts terrify me. I don't want to think about ghosts. No. I wish they were ghosts." That's what I, they are. Ghosts. First of all, I'm mm-hmm. going to become one. And second of all, you're you're exactly <laughs> right. Ghosts get a bad rap, maybe more than anything in the world. There are friendly ones, Casper. There are mean mm-hmm. ones though too. Poltergeists. Yep. Yeah, but I'll fight the mean ones off. You can't the fight. You can't fight mean ghosts. Yes, I can. Mean man. ghosts always win, man. No, they don't. They do. They just do. Well, not when I'm a ghost. Well. Is what the Braves did any different than what the Pirates did? <laughs> Lance Lysowski at DKPittsburghSports.com joins us next. Not that it matters. We're all just going to die anyway. It's a growler show. <laughs>